0: I'm here talking with Peter Erde. He's a journalist with the Hungarian news site uh, 444.hu. And uh, the reason why I asked Peter to come by today is to talk a little bit about this MNB foundation scandal. This has been a pretty big deal in the Hungarian uh, press. It seems like it. it's one of those things that would either die or get even bigger really quick. Um, Peter, give me a little background on what this whole thing is all about.
1: All right, Um, I think uh, three or four years back, the Hungarian Central Bank decided to start foundations. I think it was four or five at the time. Now there's like six foundations and these foundations. We didn't know what they were doing. We only knew that the central bank gave it a lot of money. And when I say a lot of money, I mean a billion US dollars, which is in Hungarian terms, it's, it's huge. It's more than we spent on higher education in the country in a year, the amount of money they got. So everyone knew this was going to be something really big, but no one knew what it was. I think there were theories about how things might pan out in terms of, yeah, in terms of, uh, if they might want to funnel some of the public money given to the foundations, to private pockets. But also there was a, there was a strong belief that the central bank was going to use this to finance the budget because European rules prevent the central banks from buying uh, state bonds as means of financing the budget or the budget deficit. But probably the thinking was, or at least there, there was this idea that they thought that if they did a foundation, they put a lot of money in the foundation and the foundation bought state bonds that would be okay with the ECB and the EU. And so those were the two theories. But those remain theories for years because the central bank refused to release any sort of information about the, uh, about the money, about how they spend it, about what assets they have. So there were some information leaked. Now and then some, oh, they bought like this huge building, just actually a few blocks away from where we are sitting now, Eiffel Palace or some other properties. But those were, you know, one of a kind news stories. But in general, no one had an idea what they were doing. And then one of the opposition MPs filed the Freedom of Information requests. And then it became this thing about whether the money they have is public money or not, because the central bank in the court case against them because this freedom of information thing went in front of the court and the central bank tried to argue that the money given by the central bank to its foundations is not public money anymore. It's something else. And because of this, it's not under the freedom of information requests or the freedom of information. Yeah, It doesn't
0: fall under the, uh,
1: the laws here. And then. These court cases did not go well for the central banks because the courts consistently said you're wrong. The money you got from the central bank for you is still public money. It's not your money. And because of that, you have to disclose what you spend it on and. After it was clear that they were going to lose the major cases, there were more than one cases parallel because there were more than one request for information.
0: And several foundations and... Uh, several
1: different requests for this kind of uh, the tenders and, or not tenders, but uh, the contracts they made. So whatever, they were different parallel court cases. And then uh, one of the Fidesz MPs, uh, Eric Banki. Uh, came up with this law, which would say or which did say that that money is not public money anymore. It said it with so many
0: words. Well, one of the one of the interesting things about this uh, about this story is that um, all of these lawsuits were happening uh, at a, a lot of them were going on at the same time. Um, some of them had already been. Uh, verdicts had been reached in lower courts, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And these, these decisions, uh, these verdicts w- ruled in favor of this, of, of uh, issuing these freedom of information requests. Um, and they were being appealed by the, uh, the national bank, if I'm not mistaken, at, at higher level courts. And, uh, and this is where this, uh, this law that was written by this Fidesz MP, Eric Banke, um, comes into the story. So he just wakes up one morning and decides on his own as a, Individual MP to to write this law or to write this proposal, saying that the MNB's uh, money that it gave to these foundations isn't public funds, and that that uh, they shouldn't be treated as such. And it had like this retroactive application to the law, so the the law would have actually covered those freedom of information quest requests that were actually still in court.
1: Yep. And I think it's it's a shame that, you know, whatever, my English is not good enough to translate it because every law, it, there has to be like a, a part at the end where they give reasons why those paragraphs of the, the legislature needs to be changed or need to be changed. And in there, it's they said that the money, the public, that money given to the these foundations were public money to begin with, but then they they lost their public property, like their pro- their status they, as as public a, money. And then I don't know if that comes across in English, but in Hungarian it was just so like the wording. Well, it
0: sounded very uh, stupid in Hungarian too. But you guys had a field day with this at at oh, uh, yeah. on your website. I, I was reading. Uh, it's almost like everybody was putting out an article at how funny this was, and they were
1: yeah, because that that was. The, I mean. It was like, it it said stealing, it said stealing with like really nice words. It said, well, yeah, it had this property of being public, but it's just not public money anymore. And it was like, so the whole reasoning, was so absurd. Yeah, we did, we did cover that extensively. And the government did push it through. So the Fides the and KDMP, the ruling party, MPs. And the
0: government. Taloy um, András, the uh, undersecretary for the Ministry of National Economics, even got up and he said this is a law that the... Uh, that the government supports they later denied this that, that the, the government had even been supporting this but Fidesz, KDMP and the government are
1: well at the time they and were, the yeah and and they and they did vote for it so it went through the it went through the parliament as most of lo- most of the laws here does without a problem but then uh, the president uh, had an objection and the president can do two things when he does not want to sign a law he can either send it back to the parliament but that's more of a symbolic thing so if it if he sends it back and the parliament changes something and they reapply it, they resend it to the president then the second time around the president has no choice he has to sign it so when the president Ader wants to like be seen as you know having concerns or or you know having his own mind i'm guessing then he does this he sends the he sends the law back but you know the uh, in our experience or in my experience that only means that they the parliament changes some really minor detail with it some really not you know meaningful thing and then they send it back and then the president has no option but to sign it but this time it didn't go well because the president has another option he can turn to the constitutional court straight away and if he does that then the law won't take effect until the court decides on it and then the court can just throw it out
0: and so one of the things that the constitutional court does if i'm not mistaken is they they review the uh they review key provisions in the bill that the president has signaled so review this for its constitutionality like if this if this is constitutional or not so it's not like they take the bill um, the constitutional gets uh, Constitutional court gets sent this this document and then they make up their own mind as to what is what in here. They have to actually render a decision based on the the points, the constitutionality questions raised by the president when he referred the letter.
1: Benny, you know more about this process. Well, it's than- interesting. <laughs> it's like you know you, you learn I a whole do. new
0: you learn a whole new uh-huh. thing here. So this thing gets sent to the to the Constitutional Court. And uh, meanwhile, everybody's still laughing about how um, the public funds lose their status as public funds and end up as private property. Um, So what happens when the constitutional court renders its decision? What did it decide?
1: Well, they came back and to some people's surprise, they said this was not going to fly. They said that it's unconstitutional. The pub the, the, the money, the public money won't lose its status. It's public money just because the central bank transfers it from one pocket to the other one. Uh, and uh, so they there were some, yeah, there was some there were more than one law in front of them at the time, so they, I wouldn't say that their decision was like this huge big victory for transparency in Hungary because they let some of the things the government wanted to do with information of the national post,
0: uh, yeah, the postal service, yeah,
1: postal service they they said that they could keep some of their contracts secret, which is not good, but they and that was decided in the same sort of ruling along with the central banks. Yeah, they didn't
0: exactly use the same uh, judgment in both cases.
1: Yep. So uh, the Post Office or the, the National Postal Service can keep some of uh, their contract secret now, and but they decided that the central bank cannot. It will remain under the Freedom of Information Law, and people can, you know, file information requests. And you know, if you know, if if they need to go to the court, then they need to go to the court. But if they win the case in front of the court, then the these foundation are obliged under the Freedom of Information Laws to give out the the information requested from them.
0: All right. So let's let's take a let's take a a stop on this really quick. Um, you can have a, a sip of water. And uh, tell me, tell me that for for you personally, as a as a journalist working in Hungary, what does what does freedom of information mean to you? So, um, in the case of the foundations, you you highlighted an example when we spoke just earlier that um, you know it would help it would help citizens, not only journalists, determine how these public funds are being used. Um, in your experiences as a Hungarian journalist, how have you used freedom of information uh, requests in the in the past, and uh, have you seen any? positive results come as a consequence of that.
1: I think the whole freedom of information thing is one of the more overlooked factors when, you know, considering press freedom freedom in general. So what the situation is or was in Hungary that the freedom of information law was relatively good. Like it granted wide, you know, access to journalists and people in general to public information and sure some government institutions were always reluctant to share you know their data on some issues and those changed by institution by institution but in general if you went to the courts then and you had a reasonable case that you won i personally I don't like I don't even know the number of the of the court cases we had, but we used that tool really often. I think being a journalist covering economy and politics and corruption in Hungary, that's like the number one tool. So if you send uh, if you if you ask a question of a of a department of a government or a, or a, or a nationally owned company and you just send them an email, I think, you know, nine out of 10 times they won't even bother to answer. But if you send a freedom of information request and they know they have 15 days to answer, and if they don't, then you take them to the courts, they knew that was a thing. And if, and if they didn't know, then you took them to the courts and, and you got the information at the end of the day. So I think it's a hugely important tool. And it really pains me because Hungary is featured, I think, relative to our importance and size and whatever a lot in the western press for, really for i think well i mean i know that my perception of this is not necessarily objective because i read a lot of foreign press well no i
0: think i think a case can be made uh, to suggest that uh, recently in the past in the past few years hungary's gotten a lot of uh, yeah a press lot, attention a
1: lot and a lot of negative attention and what pained me many, many times over this period that people spoke about how, for example, press freedom is being trampled on in Hungary, and they rate some good points, but I felt that the whole situation with the freedom of information were always looked over. Because what happened from 2011 on, the government systematically curtailed the access to information. They changed the freedom of information law, I think, two times so far. And in both cases, both both of those both of those occasions, there were major step backs, they were, they were limiting access, they said that you can't access what they considered uh, receipt level information. So if you wanted to look at uh, an EU EU funding the the building of a bridge and before 2011 if you really wanted to look into it you could send out these requests and you could actually look at receipts companies getting public funds yeah, even, invoices in, I'm, I'm sorry invoices uh public uh, that uh, that companies using public money and eu money spent and got during the process of building of a bridge or for a, a hospital or a, mm-hmm. a school or whatever from 2011 you could not the law says that you cannot access that you know granular that really detailed level of data anymore because they it says that it's the it's the role it's the, it's the place of the state audit office to have that sort of oversight and if the state audit office you know has that oversight then you don't need to access it and therefore you don't have the right to access it anymore and then in 2013, there was another big, big attack on freedom of information here when they said that institutions can charge you money now. In, before 2013, you could be charged for photocopying, for example. So you could be asked to pay a fee if you needed something to be photocopied. It's, that
0: seems reasonable, yeah, though. Yeah, and,
1: and, and it is reasonable. But now it, the law says that they can, <clears throat> they can attribute... Any cost, like the law does not specify what sort of cost they can, you know, put on this column, but they can they can say, well, if you ask this information, it will cost us a lot of money. And when I say a lot of money, I mean tens of millions of... There was
0: just a story last it, week, I think, with the Postal Service, uh, 70 million points.
1: Which is, I don't know how many, $100,000. It's but, crazy.
0: It's crazy hundreds of thousands. It's, it's of, like $250,000 thousand thousand or something or like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, Or even more. So it's not... You always have to consider that it's not just a theoretical possibility that they're going to. Oh, the law maybe permits it, but they are good guys; they won't use it. No, they are going to use it. So as soon as the law took effect, journalists saw institutions charging them these crazy amounts of money to to access, and that was uh, There was a similar case about the 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 fine arts museum they said that there was a there was a thing where people wanted to access information about who the fine arts museum loaned paintings expensive paintings and under what condition and they said that was going to be like i don't know a few hundred thousand for still a lot of money for for a small newspaper or an individual so i think that we saw big 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 Step steps back and and deterioration of this in Hungary, and I always felt that when uh, when we saw articles about Hungarian democracy and Hungarian press freedom in the Western media, I was uh, I was a bit you know maybe
0: upset maybe that I'm, they left this out.
1: Well, they maybe not. Left it out completely, but they it was just one of the many things when, you know, if you look at it from my perspective, this is like the most like the one thing that it in fact impedes my ability to, you know, to do my work so they can, you know, they can always. you know say we'll get you know huge fines if we do this and if we do that and there was a lot of worries when they the new media authority they uh they 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 founded in 2011 i think and there was a lot of worry in the international community that then the new media authority were going to like really stifle or, or or step on the on the neck of press freedom but that didn't really happen i'm not saying that it's good that they did those things but i'm just saying that If I have to name one thing that prevents me and I think Hungarian journalists in general doing their jobs to the best of their abilities, it would be the freedom of information situation. So I think it was hugely important that the constitutional court said that no, the central bank and its foundation will not be exempt from the freedom of information laws. And if there's a request and if there's a court case and if someone wins that, they have to disclose whatever they were under the law. Optimistic. All right,
0: all right. So let's. Uh, you brought it back full circle now. So we're back at the. We're back at this decision when the when the uh, when you saw as a journalist when you saw that the the uh, National Bank of Hungary and its foundations are putting up all these walls to prevent you from uh, from accessing this data related to its spending. Um, I'm sure you had some ideas as to, you know, what may lie in the background. You mentioned this unlawful, at least from the European Central Bank's point of view, this unlawful state financing that would happen through the foundations. Um, but there were, uh, there were a number of other things floating around there, like what this money could be used for. Um, was there talk in the Hungarian media um, about the central bank's foundations uh, simply being unlawful, the existence of them?
1: I think there was, and there there still is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a legal expert. I know, you know, I know when they, I know when when if it's legal, how they spend the money. But itself, the founding of these, like the the, the actual act of starting these foundations and giving these really like huge sums of money. And I, The a oh, billion
0: dollars is a lot of money. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and a billion dollars is a lot of money anywhere, but a billion dollars in Hungary. That's it's outrageous. It's almost like a percent of our GDP. So that's, I think it's 0. 0.7 or 0. 0.8. So it's, it's really, it's huge. So I know, I think there's still a lot of noise about it's being completely unlawful. Like it's not even that the, 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 the central bank is just not allowed to do this. And I think if you look at it not necessarily from a legal standpoint just from if it's you know reasonable I don't think that the central bank necessarily has a you know it's not its role to to go around and 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 give money to these foundations and if you look at what they did even when we didn't know the extent of their spending you could see a few of these buying really crazy expensive properties in the Castle District. And then it came out that they were go Initially, they said it was going to be like a school for... Uh- for for finance PhDs or something. But as, as you learn more about it, it became transparent that it was going to be a restaurant. And an art gallery. An art gallery and a vine <laughs> shop. And I mean, I don't know about like the exact legal framework under which the central bank uh, does things, but I'm pretty sure that it's unreasonable for a central bank to finance a vine bar and an art gallery in the castle district. I don't think that's really the central bank's place to do that with public funds. So I think that it's fair to question the the legality of these foundation, even just by looking at, not assuming there was any wrongdoing or criminal intent, just by doing at what they do. And taking it on face value, I don't think. My personal opinion is that there's no. The central bank has no business in the whatever restaurant scene in
0: Budapest. Now, to be fair, um, if I'm not mistaken, this story emerged well before the constitutional court reached its decision. There was, uh, and and the way this information came out about this restaurant uh, art gallery thing, it's unrelated to the. Uh, no,
1: no. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that even if you presume that people at the helm of these foundations have the best intentions like they only want to do the best for the for the country for the public and i don't assume that and especially if you look at what really happened then i think no one can really assume it and you know if they have like a quite you know in their best mind but even if you assume the best and if you just look at it is it wise for the central bank to get in the restaurant business is it a good idea for a central bank to get in the high-end real estate business i think the answer is no i don't like seriously i don't know whether there are any other central banks in the world that do or does this but i don't think there's like this is like... A- well, I think
0: there, you shouldn't compare apples and oranges. Um, that's, that's besides the point. Getting back to the story. So the constitutional court rules that uh, this information has to be made public. And uh, these foundations, uh, six foundations, um, then posted this information on their websites Friday evening, last Friday evening. And... Um, at 444 did you guys have a uh, a team of specialist experts with with bifocals and uh, stethoscopes i wish l- ready ready to to scan this material so how did you guys approach this were you waiting for this information yep
1: yeah, i think that everybody knew it was going to come out on like because the because the yeah because the court cases the the court's ruled and it was uh, what you'll get is- you can always cut this out. You'll, you'll get it.
0: It's uh. Well, the, the they made a verdict, a final verdict.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it was the appeals court ruled on it. So it was final. Whatever.
0: Unappealable. Yeah. non-appealable.
1: And so, I think it was obvious that this was going to come out. So yes, we had. Well, we don't have a team for anything because we are a team of like ten people. So it would be you know, and we just don't have the resources. But we have. Basnik who is great.
0: He's written some really good articles about this topic yeah. and other economics-related. Uh... Yeah,
1: he's uh, he's great with you know economics and macro and the central bank. So, I think him and some other people were really waiting for for these things to come out, and then they came out on Friday evening. And I think we spent or they spent a good amount of time uh, during their weekend looking through the the data. Actually, they did. Because in Hungary, what always happens is uh, these institutions, when they are forced to release some data, they, they when you could have like a spreadsheet where you could like search for things and they'll make and, it as difficult as yeah. possible for you to. And I think uh, to be fair, the central bank wasn't as bad as some some you know state institutions. Uh, the 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 prime minister's office released I don't know 30 gigabytes of data for about 70,000
0: pages of unsearchable PDF documents in like the pictures,
1: the (laughs) photographs of pictures of blurred out something. So to be fair, the central bank did not go that far, but they, whatever, they did not release really easily searchable spreadsheets. So I think initially we transferred every, we did our own spreadsheet. So we did like a sheet for every foundation all six of them, and we did a sheet under that for the the there's different sort of there's the i'm sorry this is where my english gets you know it in hungarian you can have the the tamil you can have like assistance or grants or grants there was the there was a part for grants and there was a part for
0: separate contracts t-
1: contracts uh, above five million foreign so we did we did all that we sort of Structured
0: to try to organize the information, to,
1: yeah, to organize the information before we, and you know, if you look at it, it's just I think it comes, well, yeah, that sounds really braggy, but some of it comes with experience. So if you see this really strange uh, Jane Goodall uh, Center for progressive thought getting i don't know 70 million forints i'm just making this up but if there there are like certain things that you see and you immediately think oh we'll, we'll have to look at this because it just sounds so funny and so then i think some of it is just it was instinct and i think a big part of it and that was what happened on friday was the vs or vs dot a Jew's issue,
0: a competitor on the market. A uh, so there was a there's a Hungarian news website that's owned by. Stop me if I'm saying this wrong. Um, that's owned by a uh, a Hungarian publisher. That is in turn owned, I guess, by we, some other people.
1: I uh, yeah, the ownership of of uh, of that particular publishing house is not crystal clear. That itself is not unique in the Hungarian marketplace papers are not that transparent Or many papers are not that transparent about their ownership. So I think that, but yeah, there were rumors right after they started three years ago, just a few months after we started that they were owned at the end of the line, there was a a cousin of uh, the central bank governor uh, governor yeah the central bank's governor cousin was like the ultimate beneficiary of the chain of companies there and i think what gave fuel to these rumors was that they got a lot of advertising from the central bank and also there on one occasion there was a really strange interview with george Matochi, the governor of the central bank.
0: Disappeared on vs.h yeah, yeah.
1: And you have to understand that these people, especially in Hungary, they don't go out and give interviews to like independent or like
0: yeah.
1: press not under government control. And so VS, this paper or this news site was considered among in professional circles independent like even though there were rumors that they the ultimate beneficiary is a relative of this of the of the governor of the central bank they still did good work they still seemed a bit independent so when this particular interview came out that was, I think, really bad for them because that interview was just I, I'm not even sure. Like I think if if I was the central bank's governor and if I wanted an interview to appear in a paper, that was exactly that. So there was not a lot of, you know, tough questions and cross uh, and crosses and
0: and so it, there were suspicions. There were yeah, suspicions about,
1: yeah, their relation. But to be fair, I think their coverage in general, not relating to the central bank, but relating to everything else. But the central bank was really good and independent and reliable. And sure, everyone, I I write, you know, stupid things sometimes, and I'm sure that they did write stupid, stupid things sometimes, but in general, it was considered a strong, the editorial sort of the staff was considered independent, they had whatever a vision. And so I think even though people suspected there was some involvement, people thought that it's a good, it's a good paper, it's a good place. I think it was, no one thought anything bad about people working there, or Mm -hmm. at least I didn't. I can't really speak for it like anyone else but me.
0: So what what turned out, so uh, what about this data dump that these foundations uh, dumped uh, showed that there was something more to this relationship yeah. than just a good interview with Matulci.
1: Yeah, so there I think it it really came as a shock. Like because we knew like through informal channels, we knew by Friday afternoon that there was going to be stuff on vs.hu, you in this data dump and that we we knew that the editor in chief were going to speak to Creative Creative is the Sort of the the paper of the record, if you want to, for media business in Hungary. Mm -hmm. So we knew there was something big coming, but I think everyone was struck because it turned out that they got uh, over five hundred million forints from the central bank. So it was given to the publisher of this paper, and I mean that's it's just unreal.
0: Well, Uh, you're you're in the you're in the news business. You guys also operate a. uh, a, a website, you know, is that the kind of money that makes or breaks a company?
1: That's a kind of money which would sustain a company for years. Like, if, you know, I don't like, I'm not up to date with our like operational numbers, but if, if we had that sort of money, then there, our operation would be like good for, I don't know, three years or something like that. So that's, that's huge money.
0: So what, what did they receive this money for?
1: Well, that was the, I mean, the...
0: Clearly, there has to be some kind of description on the itemized uh, list here. So they received X number of footings and grants to perform this service.
1: I think the description there was vague, but soon after the, the papers or this data was released this interview we were expecting appeared at the at that newspaper. That so
0: they knew it was coming. They knew that they were about to... Yeah.
1: And so in this interview, the editor-in-chief explained that they got this money to cover issues which are not usually covered in the media and to, to cover it well. I mean... I'm not. I'm oversimplifying this, but what he said it was it was bullshit. It was, it was him trying to explain how they got money, how they got five hundred over five hundred million. This was
0: the editor in chief.
1: Yeah, to write articles about the migration crisis, uh, Hungarians working abroad, startups, the economy, agriculture. I mean. I mean, I mean, I, it even pains me to to like trying to take it seriously. But if you want to take it seriously, like you really believe that migration is a topic underreported in Hungary, no, it's
0: not underreported. Question, on- question. Um, for somebody who's in the media business, uh, does this constitute uh, sponsored content? Well, it's- so is this like a BuzzFeed kind of thing where you're getting paid money to write about a certain issue and to present? let's say, a certain angle of an issue? I don't
1: think... That's, that's a big thing. I don't think that they were required to present a certain ing- angle, but nevertheless, it was a sponsored sort of content. Did
0: they disclose this and on their websites? No,
1: they did not. And I think that was a huge issue. And I think what poured oil over the fire was that the editor-in-chief said on Friday that he thought that they did not... That it wasn't unethical that they did not disclose that. Yikes. And so I think that people like I and I think I'm, you know, fairly well informed when it comes to the media landscape, who does what and why and where I'm not. Obviously, I don't know. Like, I think I know some things, but I don't know everything, but I had no idea. Like I knew that they had some state money. I knew that they were close to the central bank, but I had no idea that some of their Articles and not just like, oh, they had like, whatever, let's write a few articles. They had like specific articles sponsored by the central bank and no one knew they were sponsored. And to be fair, the articles itself, they weren't bad. They weren't biased. I think they were fair articles. Some of them were even like good articles. But to not disclose that you got money for these articles... From the central bank, I think that's crazy, and to say that it's not unethical to keep this a secret, I think that, I mean, especially for a journalist, especially for a journalist who who covers politics and economy and corruption and transparency in Hungary, to say that this is not an issue, I think that's really scary.
0: Well, I, I went on to uh, to the web to VF.HU's, uh website. And I tried, you know, I, I spent, you know, maybe like a minute, nothing overly investigative, but I, I tried to look into uh, their reporting on, uh, on, for example, the MNB scandals. So the MNB isn't like, it's, it's not like the MNB uh, controversy. So the foundations and all the things that, uh, that Montolci's up to um, aren't little issues. Uh, and I, it was like very, you know, how would I, it was lacking. So given the gravity, given the gravity of the subject, I was like, you know,
1: I can't, to be perfectly honest, I can't blame them for that. Like itself, I think that itself, probably I'm too used to the Hungarian media landscape. I'm socialized, professionally speaking, in these circles. So for me, if you have a paper, And there is like one topic, even if it's a serious topic, like the central bank that they can't really cover because of the leanings of their owners or if, in fact, their owners are like relatives of the governor of the central bank. But other than that, their coverage is critical, independent, fair, responsible. I can't like I think it's that's fine. It's not fine in terms of in a perfect world. That wouldn't be good. But in the realities of the Hungarian media landscape, I think you have to like that is considered good. There are other papers, too. And I don't want to name papers just because I don't want to like.
0: Well, that's not what that's not why we're here to talk. But I, I get I get what you're saying. I think one of the I don't want to say anything bad either, because I'm sure many of the journalists who were working at V.S., they were unaware of what was going on what's i think what complicates the problem and maybe i should just stop talking about this angle of it now is that you know when it turns out that there is this relationship in the background so as this data dump came out it turned out okay well there's more than just people assuming there's a relationship there's a lot more behind that i think that complicates things but i guess that's besides the point i think but listen they many of them resigned i think they did how many of them resigned uh, you know so by by monday by monday there were i think Almost 10,
1: I think, A- around 10, I'm not sure. But many of the, like, it's not maybe they, maybe there's like 30 people stayed and only 10 resigned, but those 10, those were key people. The those were in, editor, the bigger names that Yeah, the, uh, the editor in chief resigned. Their big name journalists resigned. So I think that, I think they did what they felt they needed to, to do. Don't get me wrong, I think there's, just you know, think about how you would like. I don't think that we we'll, you can judge people based on like a perfect. Birth. I'm not.
0: I'm not at all. Um,
1: I think in the reality, alleging
0: that anybody, anybody personally, any of the journalists were in any way involved in that. What I'm what I'm simply trying to say is that from an organizational point of view, sure, uh, it's an uncomfortable situation.
1: I understand. I'm just saying that if you're a journalist in Hungary there are only really, 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 really few places where you can go and say that I know everything, I know our funding f- to the nails and everything is fine and there's nothing, there's no one behind it, everything is really 100% transparent. I think that's not like, and I, to be perfectly honest, I don't, th- I don't even think that that exists even abroad. Probably the US, France, Western Europe has it a lot better than we do. But even there, I'm sure media owners, they have owners, they have agendas. I'm sure, and there are, you know, a few places like ProPublica and all these new investigative, you know, outfits. And they do hugely important and great work. I'm just saying that I think to some extent it's a given. You work at a paper, that paper has an owner. And that owner, if it's a big paper and if it's a, you know, economically significant owner then they might have some interest. And I think as long as it does not affect your paper as in you can you are free to cover politics and economy and, and maybe there's like one thing you can't cover the central bank. Sure, it would be a lot better if, you know, if all papers were hundred percent
0: Well it's it's not a perfect world.
1: But it's it's not. But I have to like there's one thing I have to point out that we are speaking about how these how this money went to to fund articles and how they did not disclose it and if the journalists knew or did not know. But I think that itself, we are discussing a lie here because the fact of the matter is, this money did not go there to cover articles. Sure, some of the 500 million foreigns they got went to, to produce good articles. So if they wanted to go to New York and they did go to New York to, to film, a few Hungarian expats living in the US and to show what their life is like, that they did that and they did a fair piece about that and maybe that costs a few million foreigns because they had to like pay for the plane tickets and, you know, accommodation and that sort of stuff. But that's Over five hundred million forints though is not, a lot of money. That's not that's not what this money was and for. And I think
0: what, what uh what, what speaks to the uh I guess kind of strengthens the, the point you're trying to make here is ultimately what business is it of the central bank again to be uh to be engaged in this kind of uh, i guess grant making um i think activity
1: i don't i think that's you know you can you can i think there's a room for discussion there in terms of sure i don't think that it's their role but i think there's an argument to be made that if they wanted to finance uh, a series of articles about uh, financial education, so people know better now to take out phony loans and you know not to trust these loan sharks and that sort of thing. So I think there's a point to be made there that maybe it's not their core thing, but they if they decided to do that and finance that, I wouldn't really have a problem with that. But it didn't happen. And again, this money did not did not go to the publisher of wayash.hu to finance articles.
0: Did you guys get any money?
1: Unfortunately, not, I'm, I'm, I always, I discuss this with people and I always say, unfortunately not, but thank God we didn't get any money. But, <laughs> but no, we did, we did not get any money from the, because it wasn't like when they said this was a, a tender They were there, you could apply for these grants. That's not true. Like no one else got any money but like in terms of media, in terms of website, no one got any money except for uh, for this paper. So. so
0: this 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 in turn this in turn raises another another interesting point here. You're saying that um, to you, to the best of your knowledge, um, there was no announce there was no announcement or call for uh, yep. for tenders. Yep. Um, When you're talking about over 500 million footings, and this can be broken down in smaller increments of of tenders, um, does that violate any law if you're dealing with public funds?
1: I think that's a big question now. I do believe it does. I think that just the public procurement laws in the EU and in Hungary would require the central bank to spend its money. And by extension, it would require the foundations to to spend their money by public procurement. So if they wanted to spend 25 million forends on articles, they would have to like have a, pub, a proper public procurement thing where they would have to put out a notice. They would have to like wait for the tenders. They would have to evaluate it properly All that whole process would be transparent. There would be competition and obviously better results and less corruption. So you know that
0: the- so the vs the vs uh, over 500 million footings, which is a crazy amount of money but that's just one angle of this and it's uh,
1: that's I, not
0: that's not the only thing that came out in this uh, in this data dump
1: yeah but i think there's one more important thing that has to be said about vs vs is that vs got a lot of public money over the past few years so the the publisher it's called new wave media this was a fairly small or that is not a, not a huge company. They had two websites. Initially they had one website, which was called We Love Budapest. It's in English and in Hungarian. It's about urban life and lifestyle and what's a good place to eat. And then they had addition. They had, uh, we love the the big lake here in, in Hungary. And that's again, lifestyle and what restaurants are good and what, you know, Where, what's good, what are the good sites to see? And then they started VS and then they began acquiring other media properties over the years.
0: They bought Origo.
1: And they bought this year, the beginning of this year, they bought Origo. Origo is the largest website and with free mail, their mailing service and with their blogging service and with their video service, it's a huge chunk of the Hungarian digital media market. So what you saw, and I think this is where the money given to VS comes in again, is that you had a a small or a middle-sized private company, and suddenly the government and specifically, or the state and specifically the central bank decided that without any public procurement, they are going to funnel a lot of money to this particular company so this company can expand and buy up the Hungarian digital media marketplace. And now we ended up and I'm just doing a piece on this tonight. I'm going to like put together the data. But I think that over the past three years, it got to the point that I think over 60 or 70 percent of news media, digital news media market is now owned by uh, Owned by New Wave, the publisher of
0: Holy uh, shit.
1: And so that's big. And they got they did not only get the the five hundred million from the central bank, they also got state loans. They got loans from state bank and they had a lot of state advertising. And so over the year, over the three year period, I think they got over two billion foreigns, or maybe even more, billions of foreigns of public money. So this you know private company can expand and buy up all sorts of properties so they have now the vet the the largest online weather service is owned by them now the largest online train scheduling site is owned by them now the the largest news website origo the the largest video website video so they are they they have spent a lot of public money So some individuals could build their own private media empire. And I don't like I don't really see where the what's the state's interest in that. Like if they wanted to if they want to spend finance media ownership, then fine, they can have, you know, a public procurement, they can have a tender and people can. But I mean, that's that didn't happen. We just saw that this company and this group of people got really big, really fast. And now they have a lot of, you know, their wealth is expanded a lot because now they own really expensive and wealth and worthy. ART cash is valuable. Yeah, sorry. So they own really valuable web properties and they have big political influence now because they own these papers and you know i'm sure that ownership translates to some influence at least so i think that if you look at the vash story then you have to see that what happens is that the that ultimately friends and family members of the of the governor of the central bank over the past few years got a lot of public money to build a big digital media empire by acquiring the, the largest players on the marketplace
0: and so i think that's given hungary uh given hungary's uh market in general you know i think that's something that always raises eyebrows in a very short period of time how certain business groups are able to acquire so much but it's given not- the limited market i mean it's not it's not exactly you might know something more about this so you guys have some foreign ownership yep. but it's not exactly like uh you know foreign media companies are flocking to Hungary to invest their money
1: and and there's no there's not even like a question about it because we know that they got we know that they got the loans from the central bank or not straight from the central bank but you know through an intermediary bank yeah, which yeah. is owned by the cousin the same cousin of the the government What a
0: creepy story man it's uh
1: I think it's creepy because nothing really happened in terms of you know prosecution so far so i think itself people i think you know political actors and whatever they they pull things like this Well, in some countries but uh, in many countries they get prosecuted for it
0: i you know I, I would hate to i would hate to waste this opportunity only talking about vs uh, yeah that's we can we can come back to this you're going to write your new piece maybe next week we could yep. sit down and, and and talk about it and you can share your findings with me but tell me did you did you guys find anything any other interesting facts in this data dump? So, were there any things that were, were was there any information that shocked you? Did you for example learn that maybe there's a new construction company on the market that doesn't belong to uh Meisaros?
1: Yeah. No, I think there's the there's only one company in the <coughs> on the on the construction market in Hungary and it is owned by Meisaros Lurins. No, but we what we found was that the money or a lot of the money went to the usual suspects. Like you saw Lőrinc Mésar, sh- huge friend of the prime minister, mayor of his hometown, Feldschut, and a billionaire on his own He's right. He's one of the richest people uh, in Hungary. Hungary. And his company and his son's company and his son-in-law's company, I think, got like these huge billions of foreigns. And again, they got billions of foreigns to build these wine shops in the castle district and to build uh, the famous uh, spa bunker. Oh, yeah, the spa bunker bunker. under
0: the building in the (laughs) castle.
1: Which is, again, because you have to, like... I don't know, if you're used to, like, the Hungarian landscape, I think you are used to, like, Mésaros Lurin's friend of the prime minister getting all the construction things. And I'm not saying that's fine. I think every time we learn about it, we should report it. And every time we can report something more there is something suspect we should do that too but i think you know over time you get used to it and and the readers get used to it and we still do it i think it's our job to do yeah, it
0: yeah you become you become numb to it you yeah, become yeah. numb to the fact that that wow it's not just coincidence this, that and this and dude it. is walking away with every 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 yeah, public procurement every, tender exactly. possible
1: but i think it's a different level when you get the central bank and this is true like th- this is what is happening buying this huge villa on the top of the on the top of the castle district this old house and 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 submitting plans to build a uh, to build a bunker uh with the with a spa in it and to and to uh, and to build a these steam rooms for people and this is again all in the name of financial education
0: well you gotta steam things up you know you gotta yeah. sometimes things get hot and you need to get in the uh
1: exactly there's, get in the
0: old steamer room with your boy and uh, talk things over there's no good financial
1: education without steam rooms and spas you and can bunkers. do math
0: on glass you know when it steams up you can like <laughs> draw numbers on
1: exactly i think it's And I I think that shows, I think, and this is why everybody's really wild about these, these releases, because it's not just that they funnel money away from whatever I think is a good public or a worthy cause, but they spend it on such crazy things, their own, as we say, their own golden toilet, whatever the, the, you know. Which I think for me at least sort of brings the, the, whatever, the Roman Caesars and their horses in the Senate and them, you know, watching Rome burn. I'm not, I know this is an exaggeration. I just want to emphasize that it's just the stupid things. No one, I think if, if there's someone that's like the public individual with enough money to buy a huge villa in the castle district. And if they want to build a spa bunker under it, I think. If
0: you know, if, more power to them.
1: Yeah, if 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 the proper authorities said they can do it and it's not, you know, it won't like destroy the castle. I think it's fine. They should do it. But what what role? What plays the government or the central bank has building a bunker underground with a spa? I think that's that's. <laughs> I think that's... Why do you have
0: to make it sound so bad? <laughs> I think that's... You know, it could potentially be something very good.
1: I really, I really, I really wish that one day I can, I can go and have like a, a nice, a nice, you know, spa time there. And...
0: Well, maybe if you do a very positive interview with Matolchi, you might just get that invitation in the mail.
1: I don't like if if there only if there was another way to to get <laughs> in. And again, th- today there was the they were the, they brought journalists there. They showed them the the place, they showed them the catacombs. They they
0: showed the, the spa bunker?
1: Yeah, yeah. They uh, Rainy, one of my colleagues went there. And it was just they said, "No, no, no, no. You got it all wrong. We are not only building the well, they said they're not building the spa anymore, but they framed it, they phrased it as they're not building a public spa anymore. Which yeah, it's is, more like
0: a private water slide that yeah. leads down from the sidewalk into the spa bunker, which is that, isn't really a spa. It's just heated water exactly. with like marble so seats.
1: They said this is exactly what they did. They said it's not a spa bunker, it's just, you know, a lot of heated did, did you guys
0: come up with that term? Did you, was it, did yeah, you,
1: it was, yeah.
0: Because in Hungarian you can do that. You can make up words, and people know what that means, and it and it's funny that way.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that was I think that was us. But I think it was that was a really you know worthy article. And so today there was a, they they invited people there to to see what it is for it for what it what it really is and how important it is. And they again I I, w- I wanted to say that I I learned a new word a word, but I I didn't I f- already forgot it. But it's. The guy, the the head of that particular foundation who are building the spa bunker, he said that <laughs> he said that we got it all wrong because they are doing really important stuff. And so they are what they really wanted to do is build uh, a device. I don't know what the, I'll I'll look it up in a minute, which can measure where the water level of the Danube is. And the best way to do it is to buy a property in the castle and to drill drill down all the way to the bottom of the castle, I presume, to the <laughs> level of the Danube. And so then you can properly measure... some a
0: real accurate measurement
1: of yes. the level of the Danube. And it turns out, I didn't know that, that but this is a historic thing. Like, th- th- this is how they used to measure the level of Danube in the olden days, I guess. So, and again, you see... This is public money. This is the central bank spending the money of the public on maybe not a spa bunker, but just some heated marble and marbles, as you said, and a really special and historic way to measure the level of the Danube. I mean, how?
0: And No, it sounds, it sounds outrageous, but, you know, I think more than anything, it's, it's probably funny. Um, well, you know at the end of the day at the end of the day uh, there's very little that you as a journalist can do beyond uh, beyond sorry, just writing I'm about I'm sorry it. it's called a nilometer a nilometer Yeah well I don't know if this is something we should include on the recording but you know it makes sense I remember reading somewhere that underneath the castle running all the way like the entire hill even under Gellevt hedge that there's like these there's like these cave there's like these water caves so people could go in there with I don't know if this is true, but that's Gellerte.
1: That's a different hill. Th- this is the castle. The, the well, they
0: have catacombs and they have, uh, what do you call this? Like this maze tunnel thing oh, under t- underneath it. Well, you know, I don't know, and you know, maybe they can uh, drill water, drill holes, and uh, figure out what the depth of the Danube is. And God bless them for doing it. It's important things.
1: Okay, so the nylon meter is a specific kind of it's it's oh oh my god. So it's a special pole. And Do you
0: spell that with a Y?
1: And and Nilo? meter meter. And uh, it's used. It, it used to be used by the ancient Egyptians to measure the water, the level of water in the Nile.
0: It's with an I. Yeah. And uh, oh, hence the uh, hence, yeah the Nilo. The name Nile. Yeah, look at that. You yeah, know, we're getting in touch with our roots. Ah, uh, no, no, no no, 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 no.
1: But again, and he, this guy, who's I think uh, the the head of one of the foundations who are building this huge nylon meter, is said that uh, he was uh, he was traveling <laughs> again, <laughs> again. If these people could like listen to themselves, so, so he was traveling along the the banks of the Nile, as you know, many people do. This is him saying this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he met. Uh, which I'm guessing is a world of Hungarians and Arabs. I don't know who they are. We should probably look this up before we put. But he met some ethnic group, and and there he saw this device, and this is he wanted to bring it back.
0: Is this is, oh, same the same Hungarian African tribe that I've read about elsewhere. Anyway, so he finds this this tribe of people or they're just like <laughs> random Egyptians that speak Hungarian or who are they?
1: I I am I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, this is not included in this article. I will look, I will look into it. But from the looks of it, it seems that he met some Egyptian tribe which had a connection to Hungary, and they they I am guessing they measured oh my God. the level of the Nile with this Nylometer, which is like which what they used in the olden times. And he saw it and he fell in love. And he just he they just needed to buy like a villa in the k- castle to to build it. <laughs> Again. Yeah. So this is, this is exactly as bad as it sounds. This is like, I think this is borderline clinical. I think people who go out, <laughs> and, who go out and say that, that, ah, oh, so I was traveling on the banks of the Nile and I met these nice people. And so let's spend a billion foreigns of the public's money on this. Those people, you know, shouldn't, probably not be making decisions about public money anymore but hey uh, that's that's just my opinion so
0: so we started off with um if if they you had, know with with a, with a string of crazy laws and like court cases and somehow we ended up at the Nylometer.
1: yeah i i think I, this is just you know this is what again <laughs> i think that and this is why this case is different i think that over the years hungarian journalists and the hungarian public Seen more money than a billion foreigns being spent in a questionable manner in terms of you know, public procurements going to friends and family and 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 uh, not really getting a value for for the money spent. And I think again, it's still outrageous. I think journalists still have an obligation to cover it to the best of their abilities. but it's not news in terms of, yeah. It's more stylishly again. He won two billion for Ints again. Fine. What's next? We 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 write a short article about it, and you know if there's anything special about it. But we don't. What we don't get every day is the Nylometer meter and uh, and the tribes and the
0: uh, the Hungarian, the Egyptian Hungarian yeah, tribes.
1: Yeah, and the olden days and the and the spa bunker. I think that's that's a new <laughs> that's a new quality and in, in the public, you know, discourse or the, the public, public spending sort of thing here. And this is what we saw. And again, this is just over, I know because I, I, I was, um, I was in the office just a few hours ago and I know that in the next few days, you'll see more the Nylometer sort of like batshit crazy stuff.
0: Out, like platinum butt plugs and no yeah.
1: well there's like i this is this probably is going to air after we publish it anyway but this there's uh they they gave millions or maybe tens of millions of foreigns to this uh, university quote unquote and it's 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 like an occult it's like shamans and and it's like it's they they spend public money on these uh, I don't know I I don't know if there's like if I know any better way to describe it like like sects like
0: uh, like a cult
1: like cults yeah and sure they had I'm sure they had they dressed it up nicely so it's about this uh, what is this
0: like Hungarian mythology kind of stuff or that too
1: there's a there's there's a there's a, there's a I, it's just. I don't know, I'd say I think it's an amalgam of various things, beliefs, paganism. I don't, I don't like I don't even because I did not write that particular article. I just uh, Ben said who's sitting next to me. I every five uh, minutes, he sort of cried out and said, I can't believe this. And five minutes later, I could really can't believe this. And it turns out there's this college and it's a really shady college. It's a diploma mill. And, uh, I don't know if, yeah, that's, that's a thing in, in English too. And, uh, it turns out that some of their, like, not even like the college, this really shady college itself, but some institution under it and even shadier institution under it got some money. And and the things they came up with, it, yeah, it's borderline occult or how, how do you pronounce
0: yeah, it? Yeah. It's yeah. You got it. It's so it's. Oh, like, that's really strange. When are you guys publishing this?
1: I think, to, to I hope we do this tomorrow, like it will be out. And I think, uh, I think it's already done. I think we just, the editor should look at it. And
0: well, next week you should come in or maybe in the next few days sometime. If you have time, I'd uh, be very interested in talking about that. So, but,
1: but again, I just wanted to emphasize that the things we are seeing, some of it, some, and when I say some of it, I mean billions of foreigns went to the the usual suspects, friends and families of the of powerful people and what we see every day. But some of it went, went to these unimaginably crazy causes and projects and, and whatnot. And we are still sort of, we are just scratching the surface. And one more thing, I think we published that already, that uh, what they put up initially, they already changed it. So they put up a list of contracts last Friday, but they changed the list today.
0: Wait, so they switched out the documents.
1: And they have, yeah. And there in the new one. There are some new things, uh, in the, in the, in the. That weren't included in it before. Yeah, in the original one. And so we are, I think like just before I left the people were like comparing documents and seeing what were left out from the original, uh punch. Interesting. So I think that we'll see, and, and everyone's working on this and we made our sheet, like our structured and searchable and copyable sheet available. And I think was a, this was a right decision because we already saw people from wherever writing to us, Hey, we know this guy, this is some town in in Hungary, not a a huge town. And they said all these three things which uh, seem independent from each other, if you look at like the spreadsheet, and someone wrote us, no, that's the same guy, because we know him because it's a small town and we know who he is and we know what he does. So I think it was a really good decision. Not not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but I think it was. Uh, it's always good if you have these huge huge amounts of data. All of a sudden, I think it's it's a good idea to like to crowd not fund it, but you know crowd some source work. Yeah, crowd, crowd work it. Crowd work <laughs> it, and and people are really really eager to help, and because they are pissed off, or amused. It really depends on whether if it's a spa bunker or not.
0: Well, I look forward to uh, to reading more of your articles about this, and then maybe in the coming week, yep, week or, or something. Have you have you buy it to talk about it? Thank you, Peter Erdé from four four four. Thank you.